Welcome to the family with his mic wasn't on. Oh, Tevin Pittman. Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen. And Andy Brant Bernard. And he just cut me off. He just cut you he just off. Cut completely. me off. Right. And Mike Bryant. And, <laughs> and, and you haven't been in in like three years. I was three, here last Monday. Three years. Anyway, well, we'll right. be right. It's not like I'm not sitting right next to you. Tevin and Alex are looking at uh Nick Sterling's okay. unharshables. He, okay. he Mick Sterling on? released a line of, of greeting cards that are very, very funny. These are amazing. They are. They're very funny. We'll be back <laughs> to talk about them. we got Michael Bryant in studio. we got Pittman, Mental Case. That's Yeah, that's factual for today. Yeah. Yeah. I'll accept that. You look like you just got up. Yeah. I did just get up. Your voice matches the way she looks coming in. I you got your nice combo here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. You want to do a live? Yeah, sure. Oh, there you go, Mike Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. People are going really fast out there on the roads, and by going fast, we're leading to some deaths out there. I mean, some horrible, horrible examples of death because of speed, going too fast, and uh, when they lose control or someone hits you at that speed, it leads to death, and it's just a problem, and people got to slow down and save lives, save themselves, save other people. Michael, every morning, 4 o'clock, red SUV goes by me doing about 120 on North 100. I believe it. 120 miles an hour. I just, I'm doing 60, mm-hmm. and he just, boom, blows bright. Yep. Why are they doing it? They're, well, our little corner there, you know, you got to go around yep. the curve to get an idea. I'm, I had to meet with the mayor and say, we got to get a stop sign there. I, I literally looked to my left, looked to my, and it curves both ways. That's the problem. I looked to my left, looked to my right. You know, nobody coming. I pull out. Woman had to. She was doing about seventy in a three. Especially it's there. Stop. Especially there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stop. It's got to stop. No doubt about it. Michael Bryant. Brad Sean Bryant. I like it. <laughs> Tommy, it's quiz time. Ooh, I love quiz time. Let me guess. Breck called and they want their diploma back. Easy. I earned that fair and square. In fact, it's right. Ah, well, look what you made me do. Sorry. So what's the question? So you've heard about the new car inventory shortages, right? Yeah, you've mentioned it about a million times. Guess how many 2021 Rogues we have in stock at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan? Mm, seven. Close. The actual number is 209. A lot of Nissan dealers are really low, but we're in good shape for the next month or so. So there's no reason to hurry? That's not great messaging. How about don't dawdle? There's a word you don't hear often there, Monty Burns. Yeah, funny. Anyway, the all-new 2021 Rogue is a great vehicle, and we're lucky enough to have a bunch. We've got great leases, and they all come with Walzer Care, which is a 10-year warranty for free. But wait, there's more. Read this. Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan want your trade and will give you an extra $1,000. That's pretty cool. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or WalzerNissan.com for details. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. Kevin Pittman here, Michael Bryant here, Alex and Andy are here. And, of course, 
You know, I got to say something that I really, I talked about it on the air this morning. Andy, it was very, very nice because Andy asked a few days ago, he said, could we get together with the family? Can the whole family come over for dinner on Sunday night? So everybody speculated, Alex did and Mom did, uh, that Andy might have some kind of announcement. It just turns out you wanted to see your family because you hadn't seen him in a while, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah, no announcement. I Very know. sweet. Dan was like, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? This What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's even left to announce? We've already yeah. done yeah, all like, the wonderful milestones. Baby but has a third arm that we discovered. <laughs> but you do realize that a 34-year-old man doesn't, you know, Reach out and say, "Hey, let's get all oh, everybody get together because I haven't seen my sister in a while." Most thirty-four-year-old nice. men are horrible human beings. Yes, they're terrible. <laughs> That's people. the message. No, but I do like that—the fact that you missed your sister and her kids and her husband, and so you asked to get together, and we did, and you guys had a great time while I babysat the kids. But you know, that is true. I sat downstairs with the kids, and they sat upstairs and schmoozed. Watching some nice. cat, the in. cat man attack. What's it called? BJ Mask. No, Paw Patrol. Oh, they watch Paw Patrol. PJ Masks is the cat devil's man work. Attack. It's the devil's work. What is Masks? PJ Masks. What is, is that? It's the devil's work. Cat speed it's a horrible TV crap. show that makes my children complete lunatics. Is Chris ready to go? Why, yes. Chris, aren't you fascinated by our family stories right now? I will tell you, it's making me smile. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? He, the 34-year-old man wanted to see his younger sister, a couple years younger, and her family because he hadn't seen him in a while. Everybody thought, well, it must be something special. He's going to make an announcement. No, he just wanted to see his family. I love that. I do, too. I have three kids, and uh, I love the older they get, the more they like each other. That is good. If it was about right. That off. Is that going to happen with me? Because i got six brothers and sisters, <laughs> and I don't talk about half of them. So do you think they'll come around? <laughs> I, that I don't know. Chris, it I think it goes around. one way or the other. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Holmes, the book, Ignite Your Career Strategies and Tactics to Unleash Your Potential. How do people, first of all, Chris, how do they recognize their potential? Because some people overestimate it and other people underestimate it. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. And I think potential is achieved when you align your strengths with the career you choose. That's when you hit your stride. What's interesting? And that's when you reach your potential. I could see that uh, it, c- it came up because I don't I don't know you know who's going to be on. I never know the guests in advance or whatever. But but last week by, by kind of a coincidence I guess I was asked by a couple of people. Matter of fact, I was on a podcast. Uh, we have a, a former coworker JB's low tech podcast. I, I appeared on there on Saturday, and he asked me these questions about that. And I just, I said, I knew what I wanted to do from the time I was 14 years old. I heard my mother being interviewed on the radio about my brother who was in Vietnam at the time. That's, you know, the, my group right there. And I said, my mother is talking to somebody about my brother who's in Vietnam. That's what I want to do for a living. I want to talk on the radio. And I knew from the time I was 14, and I got very, very lucky. No doubt. That's awesome. And, and I was the opposite. I thought I knew what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to go into marketing, and I did it for a decade. And I was great at certain points, and other parts I I got by by working five times as hard. And it wasn't until my company was sold and I fell into recruiting that I found my calling. Yeah, and it was kind of right. like when I fell into recruiting from day one, it felt like breathing. And I was really good at it, and I almost felt guilty 
that I was getting paid for doing it hmm. because it was so easy. See, I never feel guilty because I have to put up with radio management, which is never, <laughs> never fun. So it's just I've one heard of those. That. She goes, I've heard that. <laughs> I like that, Chris. That's very, very nice. But I, I, I think do do most people, what percentage is there a percentage, maybe even whatever, but do most people know what they want to do? I mean, they go to college, and I don't know what I want to do yet, and I want to do this and that and the other thing. And I, I like I said, I knew I was going to get into radio when I was fourteen. To most people, I'm, not, I'm sure not by fourteen, but at at some point in their life, do they know what they want to do, or do they just end up doing whatever is open? So there are a couple different things. So there's one that is think about this you guys all probably know people who are influenced by their families everybody's a doctor everybody's a lawyer everybody's accountant and the people just fall into that because of family pressure even though it's the last thing in the world they should do and they're miserable because of it but they don't know how to get out of that family boat so that's one thing that happens there's also something called FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out in school, right. where kids watch their peers, and they're going to McKinsey or Booz or Amazon or these big names, and everybody feels like they should be doing that, and they're lesser because they're not, even though they would be miserable doing those jobs, they feel like they should be and it's not unless they do that self-assessment and they really know who they are and what their strengths are and where that should take them that they have the self-awareness to say well i'm i'm still envious that you're working at mckinsey or wherever these places are because you're going to make a lot of money but i would not be good at that i should go in this direction and i'm going to be really successful over here but not enough people do it. No, I'm sure that is. No, Michael Bryant is with us. He's an attorney. When did you know you wanted to be an attorney? Uh, when I found out I couldn't stick to walls as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't be Spider-Man, Chris, so he wanted to be an attorney. So you know he sticks to people instead of walls. That'd be good. So is that true? Well, I, I, I usually thought I'd probably be involved in politics because that's what I was doing the most of. Oh, yeah. And then one of my candidates lost, and I went to law school as kind of a protection. And uh, being a lawyer was always kind of a background you know, thing for Huey Long wrote a book about the advantages of right. being a lawyer while right. you're a politician. Right. And uh, just kind of keep growing and got to the point where Bradshaw and Brian got so big that I had no choice but to... Keep plugging along. Golden handcuffs. <laughs> Golden <laughs> handcuffs, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Sort of. Plus that happens, fact. too. And, and it does, I mean, it gives you the opportunities, you know, to speak and gives you opportunities to be involved in stuff. And, you know, so it, 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 it meets a lot of needs. And he also can annoy me on a daily basis because he's my attorney. So what does that tell you, Chris? Mm-hmm. There you have it. <laughs> she just goes with there you have it. I like that. That works for me. Um, do now a lot of people now. I was talking this morning. I, I also do a morning show in town, Chris, and I was talking about we've kind of lost gratitude in America. We're being taught, and I don't know who's teaching the people this, that they should claim their victims and they should be sad and they should be angry. Instead of you should be grateful and therefore you can show some pride in yourself. If you're a grateful, giving person, you can be proud of yourself. We, we have very little self-pride and we really, really uh, are bad communicators now. We, we, we just don't, 
We don't do the things we should do. How did that happen? And do you guys know? No, I don't. <laughs> well, Chris, what do you think? We're stumped. No, you know, but oh. I'm saying showing some gratitude <laughs> once in a while would be good. But when's the last time you heard somebody say, hey, that's really great. I'm so happy that happened. People don't do that yeah. anymore. Isn't that weird? I did this morning, so. Well, but you're my attorney. You <laughs> I think it's happened more during COVID. Good. I, well, I good. Think Glad to hear people took a step back and became much more grateful good. for the positive things in their life. I, I, I really do think it made people stop. And, and and look at what was really important. So I think that was one of the silver linings that came has come out of COVID. When you have people come to you for recruiting, uh, do, do you find that a large percentage of them have a at least some idea or some plan what they want to do, or do a lot of people show up that are just like I, you know, have been in this dead end whatever, and I want to do something different? So I'm going to answer that two different ways. One is I'm going to have my recruiter hat on as part of the O'Connell group. We specialize in marketing and market research, and many of those folks know what they want to do. They might want to get a promotion into a director role, and so those folks know. We also um, have services coming out of the book at igniteyourcareerbook.com, and many of those people don't know. And so we work with them. We offer coaching services to really take a step back and do that full assessment. And we're working with people coming out of college to help them figure out their strengths and what their passions are and what are different areas that that might lead them. Um, or we're helping them assess the jobs that they've been in and really making them take a hard look at what have they loved? What have they not loved about the jobs? And then kind of culling those lists down and helping them see what their North Star is. That as they look at other jobs, they want a lot more of those loves and hates. And so we're really helping people focus on the future based on strengths and, and passions and past experiences. So that's part of what we do as our services. Do you have a lot of follow-up with people like after to find out how it worked out and, and how successful the whole plan turned out? Yeah, we do. And, and it's been really fun. I mean, we've had, I, I worked with somebody who had come out of college and had 30 interviews and had struck out. He was able to get interviews but couldn't get past the interview stage and so was able to help him hone his interview style and help him realize what was doing wrong and it, it, it was simple things like we did a zoom interview and i was like okay is this how you're doing a zoom interview and i'm like okay let me tell you a couple things right the second i'm looking up your nose where you have the the you know the computer the camera is a really bad angle and the light above your head is awful Take me. I had him walk me around the house, and we ended up putting him in a closet <laughs> with a lamp in front of him. And then we, you know, I have a huge chapter on interview prep. I made him go through. We did mock interviews, and within two weeks, he had three offers. So sometimes it's just minor course corrections that help people, you know, fix what's wrong. But we can take the 30,000-foot view where they can't because they're stuck in the weeds. So we have done follow-up, and it's really fun to see how we've helped people transform their lives it, through our experience. 
it is interesting, you know, doing interviews because I I do a number of them a year, and and some of it it's really small things that either make you go, ah, I do want to hire this person, see if I can help them, or something that just go, nope, that's not going to yeah, happen, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. And you're right, it is yeah. all sorts of little things like that that can play a role in how people feel about the the interview. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's even you know are you and it's hard sometimes to look at the camera versus it's it's a weird thing with zoom because if you're looking at the person, you're not looking at the camera, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're not it's it's weird, but you feel like you're not looking at the person, so it's it's strange, but you have to train yourself. We're talking to chris holmes h o l m e s the book is called Ignite your Career Strategies and Tactics to Unleash your Potential. How much of a is is luck, Chris? Because I got to be honest with you, I got out of uh, well, I shouldn't say I got out of radio in uh, 1977. I'd been fired by everybody who'd ever met me, so I couldn't get a job. So I went to work for Capitol Records for six years as their uh, president, vice president of promotion in the Midwest, and it was did a great job and all the rest of it. Then uh, my wife and I moved to New York, so I'd do some voiceover and and do all that, but. I'm sitting, she's in Minneapolis this particular day. I'm in New York. I get a call from Catherine, and she said, we're going to have a baby. This is, you know, before Andy was born. She said, we're going to have a baby. I went, oh, my God. Well, we can't raise a baby in Manhattan. I don't want to do that. People do, but I didn't want to do that. Uh, I literally was talking talking uh, uh, to Catherine about the whole deal. I said, okay, honey, well, we'll figure it out. I'll figure out what to do. Uh, this was back in the old cradle phone days where you put the phone back on the hook. <laughs> That's a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I put the phone down, and literally the nanosecond that, the, that I put the phone down, it rang again. And Dave Hamilton from KQRS called and said, Tom, we'd really like you to come into town and do our morning show for us. Do you have any interest in doing our morning show? And I went, yeah, it works for me. And I've been at that radio station ever since that day. I've been there for 30, going on 36 years now. How how wow. much of it is good fortune? That was a very, very lucky stroke for me, I'll tell you that. A lot of that was luck. Does that happen? I, I think luck is a part of it, but you have to realize you made your own luck because he wouldn't have reached out to you if yeah. he didn't know of you based on everything else you have done. That's true. So the timing might have been luck, but it was all based on you. And my, with my personality, it's surprising anybody would reach out to me. But, you know, that's, that's the way that is. Uh, do people have a good impression? Of, I, 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 I shouldn't say good. Do people have a correct impression of themselves? Do most people think they're either a bigger deal or a smaller deal than they really are? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> that's um, tough. I think so. And I think it is probably ego-driven yeah. versus um, based on performance-driven. No, I think you're absolutely right. No, I, I think there's, yeah. I have talked to people, and it's like, what are you talking about? You're not that good at this. <laughs> you know, you hate to say that. But, you know, I, I, I go through situations, and, and I, I suppose everybody does in every business, and, Michael, you could talk about being an attorney, and Chris obviously is an expert at this deal, but I... I I try to convince people, you know, and you try to do it in the nicest way you can. It's like you're not really as good as you think you are at this. And if you got to work, you could be, you could be really good at this. 
but you're really not that good because you're not making an effort. You need to get better at this. People don't like to hear this, that, that. They really, they bristle when you tell them that, but you're only trying to, I don't go, you suck. You know, I don't do that. Right. But I right. just go, you know, you really need to work on this. You could be a lot better than you are, which I think is a compliment, isn't it? Well, you know what? I think the best people are the ones who are hungry for feedback. And, yeah. like, I always ask people at the end. It's like, you know, what can I do better? Help me, you know, help me learn because I want to continually improve. Those are the ones who I think are stellar that are hungry for that feedback and want to get better. I think the ones who are closed off to it are the ones who are never going to be great. Yeah, because that's a great point. Because they think they already are, and they've maxed out. Is your book aimed at people who are who are new that are starting for their first or their early jobs, or is it aimed at people who are maybe looking at changes or advancement? What's, what's the aim of the book? So it's a great question. So if you read it, even the introduction, it's written for the young professional, the kid coming out of college, and yet, the information in the book is perfect for anybody, that person, anybody assessing their career, career changer. It's just many, of, some of the stories, not all of them, some of the stories are um, more for the younger kid. But you know what? I put all the stories, I laid myself and all my mistakes out there for everybody to read. And so there are quite a few of my candidates also who were very gracious and, and sh- let me share their stories as well um, in terms of the mistakes they've made or the learnings that they had. So it's really for both. And actually, I'm in the process of writing a second book, which is going to be Reignite Your Career, where the bones of the book are going to be exactly the same. The stories that surround it are going to be a little bit different and more directly towards the career changer. See, I think that's terrific. Now, we got a, we have a few people in the studio also. I mentioned Andy at 34, our daughter Alex, a couple of years younger, is here, and, and Tevin Pittman. How old are you? You, you age like two years every year. You went from being like 19 to 28. How did that happen? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Time, I guess. Are you 29? <laughs> I don't know how to You're 29? Yeah. Yeah, I'm old oh now. Oh my god, I'm I grown. can't believe it. I've known Not you way too long. Year. I'm, I'm grown. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? In, in you know, your late twenties, your early thirties, mid thirties, what do you think about this? Is it? Is it? I'm sure it's not like it was when Michael and I went out and started our careers and all the rest of it. How do you guys perceive that? Do you, do you feel you got a fair shot? Are there enough openings? Is it just a way way too crowded field? How do you look at that? Oh yeah, I think that it's the opportunities are out there. You just have to go. Yeah. search them out and be active and I feel like I've never been somebody that struggled to find a job or whatever anything like that so I think a lot of it comes down to people just being more lazy or okay. think that things are going to just be handed to them rather than going out and pursuing a career that's real Andy and Alex you agree with that well I for me I went to college for things that you cannot really find a career in in the state of Minnesota like fashion merchandising, fashion design, <laughs> journalism, <laughs> dance, you know, like all mm-hmm. these things. All the good there stuff. are not jobs in Minnesota for any of those things. So I'm sure I would have had great success had I moved, moved, you know, to the East Coast or the West Coast. But I was like, I don't want to do that. And so the jobs that I, you know, I had a college degree and I was going to all these different interviews. And it was for like dressing mannequins at a Madewell. And I'm like, 
I have three degrees, and and then I wouldn't get the job because it was somebody else, and it was like, oh, well, they've been working here. They didn't go to college, and they're 19, and they've been working here for two years, Mm -hmm. and so they got the job. The economy had also just crashed. Yeah. 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 So just crashed For me, it was like I had a lot working against me as far as getting a career. I could always find a job, but a career, it was like, that's not happening. Unless I wanted to change to the, like a totally different lane. Makes total sense. Andy, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think that all makes sense. <laughs> all right. Ditto. <laughs> what yeah, she really. say? I'd yeah. like to point out, Chris, that Andy has his mother's personality. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy's never been like a... The look from across yeah, the um, table. Excuse My wife me. is at the other end of the table, Chris. That's what a tough guy wow. I am. Well, and Andy's never been like a career-driven, <laughs> no, like, get this done. Like, no, you that's know. true. Yeah, I was working at age 12, and I've always had a job, and Andy's like, well, I guess I need it. Income, <laughs> like kind of person. Yeah, so. well, that's true. I see it as a uh, something you need to do rather than something you get to do. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Catherine, what do you think of this whole idea? Because I mean, you've worked in a lot of different fields. I have because I you even I, started your own tax store. I'm I'm interested in doing tons of stuff. I've never been like I want to do this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't. I I can't imagine like doing the same job for. <laughs> As long as you have. Oh, okay. <laughs> I took a shot, Chris. No, you, do well, no, hey, you love it. Yeah, it's just you absolutely yeah, love right. it. And whereas right. I've always been like, hey, I would like to do a ton of different things. I've just, I've never been super focused on one thing yeah. because I like a bunch of different stuff. We have moved forward, Chris, because yeah. I asked her that before, and she would say, "Yeah, you're enough of a job. I don't need one." <laughs> well, there are lots of bit of true. Chris, can you stay with us for another segment? We, uh, we got you for about another 10, 15 minutes. Can you do that? I can do it. I'd love to. All right. The book is called "Ignite Your Career Strategies and Tactics to Unleash Your Potential." Chris Holmes, H O L M E S. Right back. More with Chris right after this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Priority Courier Experts is not the largest same-day courier company anymore. What? But we've always known... Not the largest same-day courier company anymore. All right. I don't get it. Pat, we've been at this for a quarter century now. But I thought... Uh, uh, uh. All right, then. What is Priority Courier Experts? Okay, I'm so glad you asked me that. Priority Courier Experts is Minnesota's largest same-day trucking company. All right. I still don't get it. Well, let me put it this way. When you think of courier, you think of packages. When you think of trucking, you think of pallets and freight. 
Okay, so? So, Priority has two fleets. One delivers packages, the other delivers freight. In fact, here's a little bit about Priority that you probably didn't know. Last year, Priority's local fleet drove 24 million miles. That's enough to go to the moon and back 50 times. You want to talk about moving freight now? Last year, Priority's big fleet moved 734 million pounds of freight. That is the way to the Titanic times seven. Look, there's still only one expert in town. We just do more now. And we're calling all drivers who want to join the team today. Pick up your phone now and call Robbie, Nick, Mike, or Chad, 651-748-4465, or visit us at Priority.com, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Career Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Attention. Drivers that sign on by July 30th are eligible for a sign-on bonus. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at danssouthsidemarine.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Ignite your career strategies and tactics to unleash your potential. Chris Holmes with us. Chris, um, there's so many questions that I want to ask you about. You know, what's your dream job? What kind of culture will you thrive in? How do you begin to lay the path toward a career that will truly fulfill you throughout your academic journey? Every step has been neatly planned up, but now the way forward isn't so clear. Everybody faces that, I think. So how do people make the right choices? And, and what's the percentage of people that do make the right choices? You know, I, Tom, I would say it is probably 20% or less. Right. And if you you talk to people out of college, so many of them, you know, there are a few that knew from the get-go, just like you, what they wanted to do. They wanted to be a doctor or they wanted to be a lawyer or whatever, and they're on that path and they're passionate about it, and it's great for them. But the majority of other people, it's kind of throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. And and they usually do not stay in that first job more than a year and a half. Most people, you know, get in there and really are not happy. It's not what they expected. Well, how how much of this is? I I remember seeing talking or listening to a recruiter a couple of years ago that they said that. A whole group of people, particularly millennials, are coming into it believing they're going to have multiple jobs in their lives. That they don't, they aren't thinking I'm going to find a job that I'm going to have for the rest of my life or a large percentage of my life. So is is there a generational yeah. change that we're involved in? In that, you know, because the question I had is, well, why in, really invest in people that plan to leave? Yeah, good point. Um, that's a really interesting point. Well, I think they're they're 
two things. I do think millennials have been told that more than certainly my parents' generation was, where the thought was you go to a company and you're there the entire time. I think the other thing, and this is not an umbrella statement, but the millennials and the younger generation are, are some of the generation where everybody got an award at their soccer game when they were kids. Right. And some of them feel like they don't have to work hard, that they're expecting to walk in and quickly get promoted. And so for some of them, truthfully, it's a shell shock that they that they have to pay their dues. That's definitely true. And, and they really didn't expect that. Now, that's not all of them, because some people walk in and they work really hard. And, and they learn and they deliver. So, like I said, it's not an umbrella statement, but there is a really interesting dynamic going on where part of it's, like you said, where they expect to move on. Part of it's where they expect to move really quickly up the ladder without really doing the work. Um, and part of it is there are kids that come in that do the work and move up really fast. So there are, are multiple different... Uh, dynamics going on at the same time. How much of what you do involves creation of jobs so that someone comes in and you go and basically create the job that they're looking for and, you know, filling uh, voids or filling openings for jobs that are out there? You know, I can you rephrase that because I'm not so sure I understand what you're asking, and I want to make sure I really address what you're looking for. Well, there's some people who come in and they want to do something, but they don't like they've got to kind of create a job for themselves or create a some idea or some positioning for themselves. And then there's other you know things that are openings. We have you know 12 openings at IBM, and we're filling those openings, and yeah. we're just finding the 12 people that'll potentially fill those openings. So I think you have much more ability to create a job for yourself if you go into a company, into a job that, you know, is already there and you blow them away and the company falls in love with you and believes in your potential. I think then you have a partner in your career and it's much easier to say, this is kind of where I want to take my career. Can we together figure out a way to help build a role that will help the company and help me achieve my goal? I think it's hard to try to create a role for yourself with a company that doesn't know you and, and isn't going to fall on their sword for you. Oh, she has to go. Oh, unfortunately, Chris, I had one more question, but apparently you have to go to your next interview. But when that next book comes out, we'd love to have you back, Chris. I would love to come back. I've so enjoyed talking to all of you. Really Thank great you. time. Thank you very much. Chris Holmes, ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Ignite Your Career Strategies and Tactics to Unleash Your Potential. You can go to Amazon or pretty much anywhere to find the book. Chris Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. And Yes. Yeah, Tom, the other place you can go is igniteyourcareerbook.com, and there you can find the book and also all the services I mentioned. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. Great interview. You take care. You do. Bye. He's a very, very pleasant person. <clears throat> now, well, the good news is we have another guest anyway. Oh, we do? We got Polly. Polly, what are you doing? How you been? Oh, I'm doing good, man. 
Um, I uh, I really enjoyed that. I wanted to ask her some questions. Um, yeah, I all of a sudden got a text. She had to go. You can ask me. You can ask me because I got it all dialed in, man. You ready? Yeah. Um, how, one of the things that I thought was kind of um, really great is that I was, uh, you know, expecting things to go quick. You know, that instant gratification. Yes. Yep. You know? Okay, you're just going to show up and boom, everything's going to be, you know, hunky-dory. That's kind of an alcoholic thing, you know? That is true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I wonder if young kids these days, if, if they're going to have trouble, if there's going to be, a, you know, like more of a problem with that in the future because they expect everything right now, right now, right now. It's just right there for them. Well, I think and, uh, people think that it's like the way that they were raised, like the, you know, trophy, everyone gets a trophy thing. And I think that has something to do with it. But I think a bigger part of that issue is that they're told specifically, if you get a college degree, you everyone will want to recruit you, and you'll get tons of money because you have this valuable degree, which makes you smart and experienced. And you know, if you don't get a degree, you don't make any money. So people go to college, they get a degree, they get out of college, and then they realize, oh, people still want to pay me no money because I have no experience and I have, they don't know what they're going to get, even though I have this college degree. So that's why people, younger people are acting the way they are, I think. It's because they, they spent all this money and did all this work getting a degree that they were told would be a fast track right. to success, but it's actually not a fast track to success at all. No, well that's definitely not true at all. I mean, if that's what they think, because a college that is degree. What they think, believe me. Back when you were going to college, the statistics were is that somebody with a college degree would make, it's like 10% on average, more or something. over a million dollars more than somebody without a college degree. Yeah, over the course of a life, it's probably more now. Which is like you know, a million dollars divided by what seventy years of work. Well, a college degree in a lot of instances is really the only thing that separates you from getting a job in the first place and or advancing. I mean, that's yeah. really all it does. It doesn't teach you to do anything. No, it it's like really. getting your real estate license. You do all this crap, you learn about hectares and acres and all this crap mm -hmm. you're never going to use. It, That's very you spend true. all this time, all this money getting your real estate license. It doesn't help you learn how to sell real estate or deal with contracts at all. Mm -hmm. Not even a tiny bit. You have to go in and jump okay. in and, and learn how to do stuff. That's just how most things are. Law, probably not. Politics, yeah. you just follow the leader and there you go. <laughs> For the Alex most part. said earlier... Um, stuck with me too is that she said um, that she went to college for all this stuff where it didn't really apply to like the real life workforce. Yeah. Not in Minnesota. But, she had an opportunity. She could have moved to Seattle. She could have stayed in New York. No, she could have worked, but she didn't want to. She didn't want to leave me. <laughs> oh, here we go. But did her college experience help her make a lot of contacts in different types of aspects of life? I mean, I know she joined the family business here. <laughs> um, as far as she was recruited. Radio, I mean, recruited against my will. <laughs> Listen, against my will. Listen to Paulie, I'm telling you. You but call yeah, no. in, I get attacked. I know. definitely think that my college experience made my life better in a lot of ways, and I use things from college, and I made wonderful friendships and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. I do not regret going to college one bit. Um, 
would you would do you think that your life would be different if you never went? Yes. In a good way or a bad way? I don't know. I just think it would be different. You know, I'd probably just have like worked in retail and not really. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Can I throw my line right. in here? I really thought sure. that once I get through 10th grade, I'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I quit. I said, I can't do this anymore. But it all Is works Mr. Bradshaw still there? Mr. Bradshaw. Mr. Bradshaw. Wow. That? Yeah, he's, he's retired. He's Actually, Mr. Bryant is He's long since retired. Oh, he's still so around, though. still seeking justice for the injured? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you're a jingle. No. What, if I get, what if I get my feelings hurt? Can you help me with that? <laughs> well, uh, money uh, front, I would did you lose money because yeah. you were crying so long you couldn't work? Then maybe. <laughs> I mean, there, there are emotional distress claims. Um, they're very hard to bring, and they involve a lot of different issues. So just the general idea of getting your feelings hurt, no, you're probably not going to have a case. Um, but uh, there are some circumstances where emotional distress does come into play. Okay, well, what about Spider-Man? You mentioned that earlier. Yep. I mean, he's always seeking justice. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Seeking he justice for oh, not only the Michael Bryant likes mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I did. I well, still do. Yeah. If I could have stuck to walls, I never would have made it this far. <laughs> I could have stuck to walls. Yep. Huh? <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for the conversation. Today. How are really you doing? Yeah. You're all through treatment and, and keeping on the upright? Um, not necessarily mm-hmm. keeping on the upright, and I'm still in treatment. Um, okay. I have treatment tonight. I I had to take work off today because I had some doctor's appointments and stuff. But normally I go to work at – I have to get up at 4. I start at 5. Ooh. And I work from so I work from 5 o'clock until 4.30 at work. And I have to hustle home, and luckily I only have a 20-minute drive, so I have a 10-minute break before my treatment at night, and I do that on Zoom. So I go from 4 a.m. until 8 p.m. pretty much every day. So you got my schedule. You get a a two-hour break at work. I mean, every every two hours you get a 10-minute break at work, and then for treatment they give you 12 minutes every hour, which is really awesome. Well, I know it's a battle, but hang in there. Yep, stay after it, man. Yeah, you know what? Um, I think everybody should go to treatment, even if you don't have. A <laughs> well, that's like everybody I that like I, everybody that I know that's in therapy is like everyone should be in therapy, even if you don't have like that's something. That's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. See the world. Get out of your freaking bubble you're living in, and go see what the rest of the world's like. You know. Probably. I think the Zoom stuff is really awesome because it, you can go yeah. all over the country and stuff like that. It's really good. So. I will tell you, Paul, it's a situation where, you know, Joe uh, calls in once in a while, and he's been off, I think, like nine months. Yeah, he just got another medal. He's got another medal. That's good. Uh, And hearing your voice, you sound, you know, the the little medallions. 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 For you, it's... I don't talk like that crotcher no more. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) There you go. No, you do. Honest God, Paul, you sound really like you're much happier. And just stay the course, man. Get away from the get away from the booze. You'll be a much happier guy. Good night. All right, yep. sir. Thanks, Paulie. All right, I love you guys. Bye. Love you too, pal. Thanks. Bye. Kind of like you. Just a- <laughs> I know. Very tolerant. Has it been bad? No, not at all. They didn't do it at all today. 
Now right. somebody's upstairs moving a chair around. We're talking about oh, noise in the in, noise. in the area, <laughs> just for people not playing at home. Yeah, <laughs> no idea yeah, what we're talking true. about. Tom even stormed into management to talk about it. Yeah, he left oh, the yeah. morning Uh-oh. show. I turned on the morning show on Friday or something, and I was like, oh, he's not on. You know what yeah. I heard? What's going I heard, no matter how loud it was, it wasn't as loud as you were when you came in. <laughs> 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 I was, they, the, the two young women handled it very, very well. They did. Well, you're supposed to call security if they if they start up again. I don't know how to call security. Security! You know, you have a microphone right in front yeah, of your you mouth. scream out the Put your car. hand up. Guard! Yo, Polly. It's like the scene from Rocky. Yeah, Polly. Polly. You call the priest. <laughs> priest. Oh, God. Let's <laughs> send Tevin up there. I have to ask you guys a question. Uh, guy up there. On them. You're tall. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you got a mean look on your face, yeah, I would make think it you'd back. be imposing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever What's seen the head name? of security here? No. He's about a seven-foot-tall black man. Does I don't he? think sounds, you want to mess oh, really? with him. That sounds about right. I don't think you want to mess with him. I would love it when the head of security is like a 5'9", <laughs> man in his 50s. like working at Union, There was at one point we had this like security guard that he looked like a 12-year-old child. And I was like, <laughs> who are you kicking off? Looks like I'm security today. Pretty much true, but no, he's a great guy. He's very nice. He still wears a mask every time he comes in this building he has through this whole deal probably not vaccinated all right i have to ask you a question i asked on the kq morning show because i've been thinking a lot about this and we it kind of came up last night (laughs) in the family conversation a little bit but do you think because everybody now wants to be a victim i mean Mm -hmm. whether they know they want to be a victim or not they want to be a victim (laughs) oh i've been picked up do you think we'll ever get back to a situation where gratitude will take the front seat? Uh, look, first of all, in order to have any pride in yourself, you have to be a grateful person. I look around this room. I have really great friends in this room. I have the family I love dearly in this room. I am very grateful for that. People don't look at that stuff anymore. I think more people do than you I realize. hope you're you right. Just, you focus so hard right. on the loud people. Mean yeah. that are always yelling about how You're horrible right. yeah. everything I think, is. Yeah, I think a majority of the people yeah. are grateful. They just don't vocalize it. And then the people that Good. aren't grateful Good. are the minority, but they're louder than everybody else because yeah. they need attention. Exactly. I, no, yes. Nobody ruined your career. My voiceover they career They changed some things for you. But, but no, you're they in a different position. My I, well, I... I I understand that part of it, but you've had a really, you've got a really good career. Oh, no, you got no, a good I, family. No, you got a lot of things. Right. So start getting back to that gratitude part. I have Don't be wrong on my hypocrisy. How do people <laughs> not focus on gratitude? No. Those assholes. What did I just say? That ruins his brand. What did I just say? You can't be the crotchety old man and grateful. Get the hell away from me. She'll sit at the other end of the table. Here's what I'm saying, though. It, you do know that in my business, people are so annoying. It is, oh my God. Everyone's annoying. annoying to you. That's, yeah. But people are just annoying in general. Well, they There's are. a lot of it's annoying true. people. Well, that's true. Fake people are annoying. You don't? Not really? I mean, oh I think certain God. people are annoying, but I don't think most people are annoying. There, There is a level of anger out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And I, I mean, that's part of it. You've been in the service industry. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain number of people that are just assholes oh, out there. Oh, yeah. And 
why? And that's played a role in people wanting to go back to work because it's like, why should I go back to dealing with that stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know? And You're right. I don't, I, that part of it, that part of the anger, I don't really get. You yeah. know, um, you know, uh, you know. We see things like we're involved in a in a text thread that that is filled oh with filled god. with angst and anger oh my god. about so all these things. He's all of you sitting next to me. He's like, Jesus. It's like, <laughs> why? Why does this bother you? you I know? don't and, know. And my like, favorite god. post is one where someone posts about all these things make other people angry. It's like, well, it seems like it's making you angry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, just you let go. it go. It's just not that important. I see things posted, not necessarily in that group, by other people, when they think it's... Now, first of all, if you post anything on digital, it can be revealed to other people, whether you think it can or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd be very careful if I were some of these people posting the things you post, because I was like, whoa. Well, what's going to happen now with all this deep fake stuff that computers can't even tell if it's been yeah, made? What's going to? I mean, and, I and legally, what's going to happen with that kind of I, stuff? I don't know. When you get the level of like, you know, the putting out the movie with Bourdain in it, and he's not even alive anymore, or the, yeah. or the Marlon Brando well, yeah. movie, it's like there's just stuff that's happening that you just don't know. And then you watch TV and you see like these shows where someone's like video gets changed within seconds. It's like I don't think they can do that but i don't know right. it's crazy i think they can do it i think they can i think uh video and photographs are going to become well legally they're just going to be considered circumstantial evidence well, i it, think there's been a switch i mean for a time period You'd get into a trial and you'd bring in some the defense or somebody would bring in video or bring in photographs from Facebook and you'd have all these jurors that'd be like, oh, you posted it on the internet. That must be, you know, that has all this value. Mm, yep. And now you get a whole group of people that put like everything on the internet oh, and yeah. they're like, yeah, whatever. That's just, yeah, that's just something that somebody posted. It's not mm-hmm. really that valuable. So, but I don't know. But I mean, there. I mean, really. I mean, video can be manipulated. Yes, People's Absolutely. voices oh, can yeah. be completely manipulated to say things that they never said. Happened so, to me. Yeah. evidence is going to be a big problem. Yeah, that's that's true. That well, is true. Have yeah. another caller. I just want to mention this very quickly. That was about twenty years ago. Oh right, twenty that years ago. Yeah. I cut a commercial. I don't want to say for who. But a couple of days later, I'm driving in my car. And I hear the commercial. And I said. I never said that. It was me saying it, but I never said the line that was in there. Do you know how many times Andy oh. changes things I say to be Anthony Walter? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I never said a thing about Andy, Walter. Andy, we've talked Andy about the deep fake. <laughs> gotta stop it. When Mike Rasmussen used to edit the podcast, he was like, your voice is the most difficult voice mm-hmm. to edit in the world because I do a lot of like up and down. Up and down and yeah. yeah, you do. Like, no doubt. You're welcome. Andy, you got a caller? <laughs> we got Tyre Carver. Tire Carver. What's happening, Pally? <laughs> That's your own jingle now. Wow. Yikes. I sent you a text last night. Did you uh, see the next two opportunities you got to come see us? No, but I got to get out. You don't sell Ben and Jerry's ice cream, do you? Because I'm not buying it. Oh my God. Wait, why? Because he's mad at Ben and Jerry's. Why are you mad at Ben and Jerry's? Because of Kaepernick, it's so bad. Kaepernick? <laughs> yeah, isn't that why you're anti? No, because no. Ben and Jerry's are very liberal. Nah. Oh, but I thought God, it was Kaepernick's also, ice cream is what caused it. Their ice cream, ice cream is, is amazing. Way if you superior. boycott everybody 
that you don't agree with, then you'll be drinking. He's also on a diet. He can't have it. I can't have it. So if he hates them, hates ice cream, then he won't buy the ice cream. I got to sit and watch my entire family eat Lat 14 last night, which I couldn't Ooh, eat. Wow. But I got to sit there and watch him did eat it. That was like the green beans? They got nothing. Uh, yeah, but did they have the green beans? Did you have the green beans? No. can't have green beans. beans. You can't know. have the green beans? I can't eat Wow. Beans. That's like the greatest thing there. Oh, they have great food. Oh, oh they're garlic green beans and soy sauce. Pineapple oh, fried rice. That is pretty good. Fabulous. Enough, okay? Yes, you're the showdown. Okay, wait a minute. So got I do. Hey, Tommy, two events on Saturday this week <laughs> River Park and Brooklyn Park. And then there's another one at Lantern Festival in Lake Fail in St. Paul. Is that correct? Lantern Festival. Yep. What's that? Lantern. What is the Lantern Festival? Well, it's uh, they. Do a bunch of Chinese lanterns in remembrance of people, and oh, we did it in 2019. And there was, oh, it had to have been probably 900 to a thousand people that lit lanterns. It was really cool. Cool, yeah, sounds cool. And so you do that, that at night? That's from five to ten. Yeah, mm. that's from five to ten Saturday night, and uh, um, Saturday from oh god, no, I can't remember. It's like ten to three in the morning. We're doing uh, they're reopening. River Park here in Brooklyn Park because sure. they've spent two years completely rebuilding it. That's when our city contacted us and said, "Hey, um, it's yeah. it's far, up yeah. 252 right. between um, Humboldt and 85th." Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get up 694 and go up 252. It's okay. right there. Yep. yep. Matter of fact, that's where the family, when our house burned down at 2955 Russell, they put us up at the Cloverleaf Motel the right Cloverleaf. at that location. Wow. I bet it was fancy. <laughs> well, for us, it was. Yeah. Believe me, it actually had a doorknob instead of a towel. <laughs> there were no rats. <laughs> there were no rats. And there were no the rats in there either. <laughs> and there were no rats. That was true. Tyre, I will reach out to you. One of these days, I swear to God, I'll figure this whole damn thing out. I appreciate you calling, well, though, pal. Let's, let's say when those things oh, are again. Problem. I mean, I when, when are again. those things so that the uh, listeners can go? <laughs> You have uh, two events the on Saturday River this Park week. Is 10 to 3. 10.30 to 3, it says here. The Park is 10 to 3. 10.30 And then uh, the, Lantern Fest. River, or the uh, Lantern Festival at Lake Phelan is 5.30 to 10 o'clock. And you'll have the ice cream truck out there? Mm-hmm. Bed and Jerry's for everyone? And no! We'll have it at both places. <laughs> no. Nice. No. no. Mostly uh, Blue Bunny, but we have Johnny Pops Ooh, Johnny and a few Bob. other things That's that we can stuff. get locally. Do I have to bring my own lantern? Oh, Catherine, you're um, not helpful. Truthfully, I don't know how that's... I think they supply all that stuff out there, but don't quote me on it. Oh. Perfect. We're just selling ice cream. All right, he's now <laughs> selling dope from the truck. <laughs> right. I appreciate the call. Behave. No, that's no fun. All right, never mind then. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tyre. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> we got to take a break. Yeah. We'll be back with hour two in Kostaki Economopolis.